The Donut Bag is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Your data is your business. Protect it with ExpressVPN for three extra months free with a one-year package. Go to the link listed in my Twitter profile. All right, it's that time of year for fantasy football drafts. With with me to talk about it is Shane Hallam, managing partner of Draft Countdown. How are you, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me back. It's always nice talking to you, and so it's always nice talking fantasy a little bit. Uh, you know, instead of the draft and the Steelers, we get, we get a little bit of this. What is the deal with your glowing name in the back? Oh, where do I get something you know, like what, this? Like, I need my, this. My wife got it for me for my birthday. It's oh, my, my Twitter, God. my Twitter account shining behind me. So I, you know, I got to show it off. It's it's uh, <laughs> it's nice. It's nice. I, I have to see my Twitter handle. It's right behind. Me. I am jealous. That is amazing. Kudos to your wife. I yeah. gotta find out how to get something like that. That is fancy, and it changes colors. Yeah, you can you can set the color. You can change the colors. So she gets she gets the gold star for. Uh, for sure i'm gonna have to find that word (laughs) that's that is i didn't even know that something like that existed that's fancy all right so talking about fantasy what do you see as a uh do you see any major trend this year as opposed to previous years in in fantasy football you and I were talking a little beforehand that not much has changed in terms of, I think, the overall kind of landscape of what this fantasy year looks like versus past years, especially when we have kind of a weaker rookie running back class. Um, it's pretty similar. Like the first round is trending heavy toward running back because um, you only have this kind of handful of studs that are going to get every almost every carry in the backfield like Anasha Harrison Pittsburgh right he's going to be a first round early second round pick in fantasy this year because you know he's getting the carries the catches everything um now obviously last year we had Cooper Cup emerged as a wide receiver yet some of the you know Justin Jefferson in Minnesota there's a couple of these kind of big name receivers that are going in that first round but um we still kind of remain in a running back heavy environment because it thins out very quickly from the guys you can you feel like you can definitely rely on or have the ability to win you a week um, to guys that are, might be backups on their own team. And that, uh, that makes it difficult. I think a trend in, in football in general is just, it just goes, it becomes so pass happy. Yet in fantasy football, it always seems the same. It's like, you got to get those running backs. You got to, you got to spend maybe what the first two rounds go get in a running back is just because they're, they're so scarce. Right. I, you know, I think it, it's funny because when I started playing fantasy in like the, the early 2000s, 2000, 2001, it was kind of the opposite. Like there was so many running backs because everyone, you know, ran the football a little bit more. And so you took the elite receipt, you took Jerry Rice first because you weren't going to get that anywhere else. You know, you weren't going to get that kind of player. You took Randy Moss, you know, first because you could get the running backs later now. Yeah. They're so scarce. You know, you look at maybe that maybe you have 13 running backs. They feel like, okay, these are definitely guys I can rely on. And after that, it's tough because there are a lot of, you know, there's someone like David Montgomery for the bears, for example, it's probably going to get all the carries there. 
but they're not going to be very good. They're still going to pass the ball because everyone passes the ball. Can you really rely on him? People you don't want to. So you want to take those running backs early. Um, You know, I've kind of been a proponent of what's called the hero running back, where you take a running back in the first round and then then you, you don't take another one for a long time. And I think because people are so running back focused, you can pick up value at receiver, at tight end, at quarterback. And then all you have to do is kind of, you know, attack running back late, just pick a bunch of guys. And if one works out, you know, then you got your RB2, you're good. I mean, look like James Conner last year. No one really drafted him in Arizona. You know, he had all those touchdowns. If you can find that guy again, you could pick up a, a Chase Edmonds, you could pick up a Rashad Penny, you know, then you don't need that second running back. So I think it's a, a viable strategy that might be different than what your league mates are doing. Take 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 the stud round one and then take everything else while they're still trying to pile up on running back. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's smart. Um yeah, it seems like the conventional wisdom is take running back first two rounds, take wide receiver the next two rounds, and then maybe a tight end, maybe a take a quarterback late. It seems like that's what everybody does. Uh, yeah. Now one big question, it it seems like Jonathan Taylor is the consensus number one overall pick basically. Yeah. Unless you're in a a PPR league, unless you're getting points for receptions, uh, where Christian McCaffrey is starting to tick to kind of 50, 50, but it's, it's those two going away. Wow. Christian McCaffrey, what a (laughs) risk. Just yeah. such a risk because he's he just you know he's 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 one of the he's one of the top picks everybody's going to draft him but who knows if he's going to get hurt again like that's so that's so tough when you 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 think with your first couple picks you want to be as safe as possible you know you you, you want to make sure you got your studs it's hard to draft someone like a like a McCaffrey. You know, a lot of his, a lot of the injury guys are like, look, he didn't have any soft tissue injuries. He didn't have any of this kind of lingering things. So, you know, it is scary when I've I've drafted him last year and lost him for the season. Um, But, you know, I think with, I feel better about the Panthers than I ever have at Baker Mayfield. Not that Baker Mayfield's amazing, but he's better than Sam Darnold. He's better better than what the Panthers have thrown out there at quarterback in the past. So at least, you know, you feel like this offense might score a little bit. You might have something there. They upgraded the offensive line. So yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor's like, I want to be safe. I'm going to get the guy that's going to get probably top five in the NFL and carries and going to get every opportunity. Or, you know, if, if you do get points for receptions, Christian McCaffrey could catch 70, 80 passes and that's an extra 70, 80 points that, you know, Taylor might only get 30 or 40 there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's a, it's a risk worth taking. So yeah. Um, I keep hearing about the zero running back strategy. <laughs> Is this is it really that popular, or is it just just people that like being contrarian that that's to do stuff like that? Oh, I've I've tried it before. Um, it I generally have not done well, you know, because I, I think it is when you talk zero running back. Um, you know, basically it's what I said with hero running back, except you don't have that first guy to kind of anchor you in and say, okay, I got you know Jonathan Taylor, or I got uh, Derrick Henry. I'm you know I'm good there. Let me find one more zero running back is I'm not taking any until, you know, round eight, nine, 10, and then I'm just going to hit you know, six, seven of them. But now you got, you got to hit on two, right? You got to start two every week. 
Uh, so you got to hit on at least two running backs. I, I just find that to be really difficult to do. You know, if you are someone, you know, if you're in one, one or two leagues and you're super hyper-focused and, you, you know, you like fantasy, like it can work. You got to really work the waiver wire. You know, last year you had to pick up Elijah Mitchell from San Francisco. You know, you, you had to get when a guy got hurt, you had to pick up his backup. You had to get Cordell Patterson. You had to, you know, sign a waivers running backs that could help you. I think it just takes a lot of focus and a lot of energy to get right. And um, honestly, I, I haven't had success. I personally just like, give me one and let me find it one more. And I think I can do that. Just That just seems because there are two slots on your team. That how could you, you know, put junk for your for those two slots and hope for something okay yeah you, you can hope that or or maybe get yeah you like you said get something on the waiver wire but boy that's a risk that's two slots on your team that you're kind of throwing away you better have some real studs everywhere else right and and oftentimes in that strategy you know you're taking more wide receivers than you can start right you know you're taking five, six receivers sometimes before you take a running back and basically saying, okay, I need, you know, four of those guys to be elite, depending on your, your scoring settings. If you start three receivers or you start three in a flex, you know, I need four of those guys to be elite, you know, um, and, and and last year, maybe, Hey, maybe you got Jamar chase and it worked out, but um, you, you could draft some duds at receiver too. And now you got to fill that position and you're like really behind the eight ball. I, I just like, you know, I'm not super Mr. Balanced roster or anything, but um, I, I at least want like one running back that I feel like I can rely on. And as long as he stays healthy, I'd much rather that than the alternative. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny. People spend so much time on the draft and looking at things now and talking about, you know, players and stuff like that. About a month from now, your team is going to look a lot different because of injuries and people that that just you get off the waiver wire and trades you make and stuff like that. It's it's fun. And then come November, December, there are people that aren't even on a roster and on an NFL roster now that will become fantasy studs in, in November and December. It's it's funny it's it's just it's not something you need to worry about in you know just just spend time in august working on your your team it's it's an all year long thing right yeah yeah just wait till october and everyone will be like man this is the worst year for injuries that i can ever remember they say that every single they say year that every year <laughs> well it's like did we just do this like did we do this the year before every the year before? year yeah like yeah most of the guys, the, the NFL is a violent game. Most of the guys are going to get hurt, right? <laughs> like it's going to happen. And so, yeah, I, you know, I think it's why um, having that depth or as you said, being able to kind of work the the waiver wire, you're going to have guys get signed. We saw um, Devonta Freeman last year for the Ravens become relevant in, in fantasy. Like it, it, it's bound to happen or, you know, a, a tight, there's always like a two tight ends that come out of nowhere that weren't even supposed to start for their teams and they're scoring double digit touchdowns with Robert Tanyan two years ago for the Packers. Like, you know, be, be just someone no one's ever heard of that, um, emerges from this. And so that's why, like, if it's like, if you just draft your team, you know, uh, and, and then forget about it. Um, you're not going to win. You know, like, like yeah. you, you almost have to be engaged and try to pick up these players, even to block other people, you know, so that you can get that advantage. The other um, strategy is what to do about rookies. Some people go crazy about them. 
Some people avoid them. Um, you you, you kind of have to take a, a, a gamble, right? I mean, I, I came close to winning some leagues last year because I got Jamar Chase in like the ninth round or something like that. So you, 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 you got to take a chance in some of them, right? I, th- I think it's a smart strategy to load, I don't say load up your bench, but have a decent amount of bench spots dedicated to what to rookies right and, and usually for me it's it's the receivers have a get a little more opportunity you know yeah we've, we've seen some rookie running backs hit you know but like someone like Brees hall is going fairly early in drafts he's going fourth fifth round like you're gonna have to spend a pretty good pick on him whereas you could take uh you know george pickens for the steelers Jahan dotson for for washington you know you could take those guys toward the end of your draft depending on who you're drafting with and there's a chance that they break out and do really well. Uh, I always feel like, you know, if I have a choice between a rookie or, you know, a veteran, that's the number two, number three on his team. Like what, what are the odds that guy's going to win me the league? You know, it, it's probably slim, but if some of these rookies could, um, you know, could Chris Olave for, for the saints could end up being the number one guy and get 90 catches and, you know, you're, you're looking pretty good. So I, I think it is worth investing on the bench in some of these rookies, if they're not good, they're not playing. They Trey Sermon last year, just cut them, just sign, sign someone else. It's really easy. You know, you can, you can cut the, the rookie, but if they break out, if they get the job, they start getting playing time, they start producing, you know, you, you can get a real value, I think, more than some of the older vets. It's funny. You, you, you take some chances in the draft and you, you, you get people late. That's, um, you know, maybe we'll pay off or something like that. But then when it comes time to, uh, especially when the, when the bye weeks come, you have to get rid of those people. You have to, there's only so many roster spots for, for your weekly lineups. So it's like, oh, I, I have to get rid of these people. Sorry. So um, as far as quarterbacks, generally the strategy is wait on quarterbacks, right? I think it's been the strategy, especially in fantasy circles. I, I think, and I'm I'm coming around to it, uh, and I think a lot of people are realizing um, the quarterbacks have become such point producers in fantasy that maybe waiting is not the best way to go anymore. You know, I think especially because last year's rookie class was so bad. Um, a lot of times that's where you get value is like the year two guys that, you know, Patrick Mahomes hadn't played. And if you drafted him going into year two, you, you know, you did really well. Or Lamar Jackson, when he started that full season. Um, so I don't think those guys were there this year. I I, I personally like investing um uh, you know, in a top six, seven quarterback, which if you're in a 10 team league, doesn't have to be super early. Um, but I do think there's a drop off after like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, Joe Burrow. Um, you know, if you're taking Trey Lance, you're taking Matthew Stafford, who's hurt. You know, I think there's a lot more risk this year in waiting super late than taking one of the earlier ones, just lock it down, play the guy every week gets the, you're not working the waiver wire to pick someone up. I, I think it's, I think it's better. Are there enough quarterbacks that you can get by? Yes. You know, you could take Derek Carr and Kirk cousins and you're probably going to be fine, but I, I, I kind of like taking a Lamar Jackson, taking, you know, those guys earlier and feeling like I have upside and I have a guy I can just play every week and not worry about it. That's the thing. They, they score so many points. Yeah, I know. 
you know, there's a lot of a lot of quarterbacks score a lot of points, but still, um, I I just did a, a draft today and I took Josh Allen in the third round, and I'm okay with it. I think I think Josh Allen is going to throw like 50 touchdowns and have like an MVP season and be awesome. So I, I I'm perfectly happy with that. And and if he does that, then you're probably you're going to the playoffs, right? Like yeah. your team's yeah. going to go to the playoffs, and once you're in the playoffs, who knows what happens? Um, so I, I don't think it's a bad strategy, and I think we're getting to the point too where you know Josh Allen's been the consensus QB one, but some people are leaning Justin Herbert, you know, and, and trying to get the next guy up. Um, so you might even be able to get a value on a Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes this year. So obviously the bills are projected to be really good, but then you have your teams that are, it looks like on paper going to be really bad. I'm talking about the Seahawks and the Browns. Um, the Seahawks have DK Metcalf Lockett. I'm not sure about the running back situation. I think it's Rashad Penny or something like that. Uh, the Browns have Nick Chubb, uh, Najoku, Kareem Hunt, Amari Cooper, but they have, Horrible quarterbacks. What do you do when the team stinks? Do you stay away from those people or do you think you get value in players on those teams? What do you do? Personally, I think you can get successful fantasy players in two ways. Either of those fantasy players are really good. The offense is scoring a lot of points. The teams you mentioned, it's not going to happen. So the, the other option is if they're like the only option, you know, if there's two options and then you're kind of getting force fed the ball. Uh, I'll mention a team that you didn't mention, like the Bears. You know, I, I like the Bears because Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet are the only two re- receiving options they have. They're probably going to get a lot of balls, you know, and Whereas I look at, say, the Seahawks, I'm not drafting DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, you know, I, I Noah Fant. You know, I think there's a lot of guys that can get the ball there. Uh, so the receiving options I'm staying away from. I, I'll lean to running backs. Like, I think the offensive line's improved. I like Rashad Penny. He's cheap. He's probably – he's going to start Ken Walker's hurt. Um, like, I, I'd rather go that route. And almost same thing for the Browns. I, I think Amari Cooper's going too early, um, you know, but – I just don't think Jacoby Brissett's like any good. And I think it's going to be a problem for most of the year, but I'll still take Nick Chubb because they're just going to feed. I think they're just going to feed him the football, you know, and hope things go well. Um, but I do think it knocks those guys down. Like I would much rather have um, Aaron Jones for the Packers and a team that, you know, they're lacking weapons, but they're still probably going to score than Nick Chubb um, or Alvin Kamara, you know, that rather than Nick Chubb. So uh, I think it does knock those weapons down. And honestly, the receivers for bad teams, I'm generally out. Like sometimes you can get a Brandon Cooks for Houston just gets enough because no one else is there, but it's never wins you the league. It's never your top guy. Like I would much rather invest in better offenses. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was just going to mention Cooks. He's the, he's a patron saint of, of the good player on a really bad team. Um, in, in terms of running backs, is there anyone that you think, is going to be is is going to have a breakout season that's not a lot of people are talking about. I really like Chase Edmonds in Miami. I uh, I think he was very talented in Arizona. You know, was banged up a lot. Maybe that happens again. But I think on a point per game basis, um, I think Miami is going to be good. They got Tyree Kill. They have Jalen Waddle. I think uh, uh, you know McDaniel, their coach, is is really smart and savvy. That zone blocking scheme we saw in San Francisco and with the. Mike Shanahan back in the day in Denver, you know, great for running backs. looks like Chase Edmonds is going to get most of the carries. I think he's a guy that you can grab 
fairly late and, um, you know, can really break out and get you those big points. And I'll, I'll, um, so I'll give kind of a contrarian pick here. So there's one guy that's been falling like deathly down draft boards. That's Antonio Gibson, the running back for the Washington commanders. Cause everyone's like, Oh, he played like some special team snaps and came up for something. And he's like falling hard. Do I think he's going to be like amazing? No, but there's an instance where take him as your second running back. It's probably going to be fine. Like he's probably going to do all right, you know? And then like, you're just fine and you, but now you have a stacked receivers or whatever. So, um, you know, I, yeah, I mean, I, I like him decently. And I, I, I mentioned um, Aaron Jones, but I also like AJ Dillon. I think they're going to, Green Bay is going to run the ball a lot. I don't think they have a lot of good receiving options. I think it's going to be passes to the running backs and running backs running the football. Uh, I think both of those guys could have double digit touchdowns. It makes me laugh when something happens in a preseason game or they, someone sees something in a practice or something like that. Like really guys, come on. It's just, <laughs> it's, we're talking about practice. Come on. I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, it just, it just, it just makes me laugh. You know, we, you know, we've, we've seen some, some players have horrible preseasons and then in the, in the regular season, they start out fine. Um, sometimes they're, they, they get hurt. They're hurt all preseason. And then in the regular season, they're just fine. It's like, we're just holding you out. They're just being held out for, you know, until it counts. So whatever. Um, Speaking of Chase Edmonds, he's in the category I call we paid you a lot of money. So we we better we better play. We better pay. We better play you. Uh, you know, you don't pay. You don't give somebody a big contract and say we're not going to use you that much. I, I put him in that category. Christian Kirk of uh, the Jaguars. Um, and I put Ezekiel Elliott of that because, you know, the, the big question is, is it going to be him or, or Tony Pollard? It's like, well, one of them, they gave a lot of money to, so they're probably, whether he deserves it or not, Zeke is going to get a lot of, uh, got a, a lot of attention. Uh, There's so many games last year. I was like, just take Zeke out, please. Yeah. Like, yeah, he, he was hurt. You could tell, but like, like you said, they paid him that money. They are running him into the ground, um, which, which could make him an interesting value too. It, it's, I think, I think following the money is never a bad thing to look at who's going to get playing time. Cause you know, these GMs and coaches want to justify their decisions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, as far as wide receiver sleepers, who, who, who are you thinking of? Um, you know, I, I'll, I'll kind of go down a couple guys on my list, like a, a pretty big name that I think is gonna maybe a top five receiver this year is Cortland Sutton in Denver. Like I, Russell Wilson going there, I think it's just such a huge coup. I'm not a huge Jerry Judy guy. I think he's fine, but I, I think Cortland Sutton is the number one receiver. And we saw what, you know, Russell Wilson did with DK Metcalf his rookie year. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Sutton. I think if there's a guy that has like top five potential that you can get at wide receiver 15, you know, 17, um, I, I think he's kind of the guy. Um yeah, and, and I, we don't, we talked rookies before, but I like some of these rookies. I, I think it's worth, like I said, filling your bench with just a bunch of these rookie receivers. Um, I'll take Drake London in Atlanta. There's a team, Atlanta's not going to be good, right? But there's a team with literally two, it's, it's Kyle Pitts and it's Drake London. They're just going to throw the ball to those guys. The defense is yeah. going to be bad. They're going to be giving up 30 points a game. They're going to throw a ton. I don't care who, if, you know, I don't care who the quarterback is. It could be, you know, who Bobby Brister, they'll throw the ball a ton and like, that's going to be good. And then some deeper guys. I like, I like Nico Collins uh, for Houston. 
you know, I think he, he looks good in camp. I think he's a guy that can emerge. I really like coming out of Michigan last year, but that team was just so bad um, that that was kind of a problem. So um, yeah, I, I like him as well. It's kind of a deep last round kind of flyer guy. There were so many changes to big changes to teams. Yeah. Russell Wilson going to Denver. That is huge for, for that entire that 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 team now has a, a good quarterback and and that it's just going to boost that whole offense, right? I mean, even even Javante Williams is probably going to be uh, ha- have a strong year, right? Yeah, I I think he's you know people are a little scared of Melvin Gordon, but Melvin Gordon basically came out and said, hey, Javante's the guy. Like I, I I'm taking a step back from what I did last year. Um, so yeah, I, th- I think all that's why I think like Courtney Sutton. Um, Judy, I like Tim Patrick a lot before he tore his ACL and he's out for the year. Um, for you know, the third receiver, I thought he was going to get a lot of playing time, but you know, they didn't once again follow the money, they didn't give Russell Wilson that contract and trade for him to be like, let's run the ball 40 times a game. You know, (laughs) they're gonna let him throw it. These Denver receivers are gonna get targets, yeah. Um, another big one is Devontae Adams going from the Packers to the Raiders. Derek Carr is basically like, I don't want to say a middle of the road quarterback, but he's, he's all right. But I keep seeing him as a lot of uh, like on a lot of sleeper lists that, you know, he's going to have a good year. It's like, I don't know. I mean, if in theory, if that works out, you know, you you just put, you just put one of the best wide receivers on, on the team. It, It can't, can't do anything but help. Right. Like, like I'm, I'm like you, like, I don't think Derek Carr is that great, but you look back the first five games, I think last year he was the QB three and in fantasy, you know, so he's shown that he can do it even without the weapons. Now you toss in Devonte Adams and kind of the same deal with Josh McDaniels. Like they did not, uh, Josh Jacobs did not get the fifth year option. So he's going to be gone after this year. They drafted Samir White, but um, signed Amir Abdul. Like, they don't really have the running backs, I think, to, to have this big running game, you know, like the Patriots have the past couple of years. So I, I, I do kind of like the Raiders' options. I even like Dar- Darren Waller, a tight end, because he doesn't have to face double teams every play like he did last year when they had no one else. I think it's going to be really interesting. And the Packers losing Devontae Adams, I'm not sure who is going to – benefit from that like you said they they might go to a, a more run heavy um you know offense considering aaron Rodgers is old and uh i mean who's left lazard is he going to be the top guy or i, I know they drafted so christian watson i think his name is they drafted someone but really uh, they're, they're, there's a big unknown it is. And if you can, if you can hit on whoever the number one receiver is going to be for the Packers, like you're probably, it's probably going to pay dividends. A lot of people, you know, the smart people are betting on Alan Lazard, but I, I just don't think he's that good. I, like, I don't think yeah. he's good enough to do that. And so, you know, then you start looking at, uh, you know, you mentioned Christian Watson, who's been hurt for most of camp and the guy that's been getting the publicity is Romeo dubs their their later pick from Nevada, who's Aaron Rodgers has kind of raved about and like once on the field, um, you know, and then they have a bunch of these like scrubs like Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb. And, you know, those, those guys could catch a but decent amount know. of passes. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> so it's like, you know, who do you bet on? I, I've almost been taking Romeo Dubs late just just in case if he does nothing for two weeks, I'll cut him. You know, but um, I, that, that's kind of been my approach. I, I just I just can't buy Lazard at this point. You know, he'll, he'll have a big game or two, but why know when to start him? Probably not. He is what he is. It's it's, you know. 
you know, Cinderella has to uh, become turn turn into to, turn into uh, turn into a pumpkin at some point. <laughs> he could have a good good game or two. Um, the other one is the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill, and they bring in Juju Smith Schuster, and I believe from the uh, from the Packers, Marquez Valdez Scandling. Do, do, do is it is it basically just going to be using Kelsey as the as the primary one? Is he going to get a boost and then they'll spread it around, or what? What are we hearing for about about the Chiefs? Yeah, I think Kelsey becomes an intriguing option in round two because he's going to be the primary guy there, and so you can get a big advantage at tight end. Um, the, the buzz has been with Juju. It seems like him and Mahomes have developed a good rapport. Uh, I think he's going to probably play the, the Tyreek Hill role. Now, Juju Smith-Schuster can't do anything close to what Tyreek Hill did, but I think you'll see a lot of, you know, short targets kind of go his way. Um, you know, I, I but I like I like taking the shots on the late guys. Like, you know, I mentioned Mar- Marcus Valdez-Scantling, MBS. You know, he'll, he'll probably have some big catches. Um, I like Sky Moore, the rookie they drafted out of Western Michigan. Probably is going to take a little bit to get going, but there's a chance he's the most talented receiver in that group. If that's the case, you know, by midseason, he could he could win you a couple weeks. So um, I've been taking a little bit of juju and sprinkling in some Sky Moore there too. Yeah, that's going to be interesting with juju. We know what he's like in uh, from from all his years in Pittsburgh. It's going to be interesting that what he sees with uh, a uh, an improvement at <laughs> quarterback. That's that's for sure. So that that will be very interesting. Uh, speaking of the Steelers, wow. Um, Obviously, Najee is going high, uh, almost top 10 in, in drafts. Um, but what about, I mean, I, I, Deontay Johnson's going sort of high, but then sh- should should any of the other, uh, sh- should we take a chance on Chase Claypool or uh, George Pickens? Or, I mean, we don't even know who that quarterback is going to be. It's, it's just, you just stay away from that situation, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I think if you're down to the last round and you could take George Pickens with with the hype, the camp hype, like take him. You know, if he if he plays, there's a chance he could he could, you know, do just as well as as probably better than Chase Claypool and might might do you know do have some games just as well as Deontay Johnson. Honestly, I think it's an upgrade at quarterback. I don't know how you feel. I think I think it's an upgrade. I don't care who it is. Like Ben right, couldn't exactly. throw it more than five yards last year. So <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I almost think the Steelers are coming at a value because people think this offense is going to get worse, but I'm like, I think it's going to get, you know, better. Like maybe the offensive line will be bad uh, again, but I, you know, I think in terms of passing, like, I think it will get a little bit better this year. They can actually run that offense. So yeah, I, I like taking Pickens in the last round, even if you have a deeper league, like taking Claypool and just. Once again, wait a couple of weeks. If he's not doing anything, you can cut him. But um, yeah, you, you never know what can happen there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we know what your um, Twitter address is because of the That's wonderful sign. <laughs> but uh, what's um, how 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 else can uh, people find your work? Yeah, you can find me over at draftcountdown.com. It's where I do my NFL draft work, uh, a little bit of fantasy work. Um, so you can head over there. We just launched a discord for that. If you want to chill and talk football. Um, and then I do, a, I do a fantasy podcast, Debbie marketplace. You can look that up wherever you get your podcasts. I love discord. Discord's a great, it's a, it's a, it's a great thing for, for just chatting with, with like-minded people and having great discussions. It's great. 
And I, I was like, in the, you know, two, 2000s, I was a big forum guy. And I'm like, this has basically replaced that. And that was my jam back then. So, you know, we're trying to get it going again. It's perfect. Yeah, it's perfect. Those that, yeah, you, you really can't do that on Twitter. You really can't do like, you know, I mean, I, I you know, it's, uh, I, I, it's more of a maybe a Reddit thing, but but Discord's great for just yeah, forum discussions, um, you know, topics, stuff like that. It's perfect. Yeah, I'm excited for the football season. I think it's going to be a fun place where I'll be, you know, hanging out, talking people. So very cool, very cool. All right, all right, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you for the time. No, thank you. All right, have a good one. You too.